0: Section 18 of An Essay Concerning Humane Understanding. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jeremy Robertson. An Essay Concerning Humane Understanding by John Locke. Chapter 14. Chapter 14. Idea of Duration and its Simple Modes. 1. 1 duration is fleeting extension there is another sort of distance or length the idea whereof we get not from the permanent parts of space but from the fleeting and perpetually perishing parts of succession this we call duration the simple modes whereof are any different lengths of it whereof we have distinct ideas as hours days years time and eternity two its idea from reflection on the train of our ideas the answer of a great man to one who asked what time it was on rogas in Teligo, which amounts to this the more i set myself to think of it the less i understand it might perhaps persuade one that time which reveals all other things is itself not to be discovered duration time and eternity are not without reason thought to have something very abstruse in their nature but however remote these may seem from our comprehension yet if we trace them right to their originals i doubt not but one of those sources of all our knowledge viz. sensation and reflection will be able to furnish us with these ideas as clear and distinct as many others which are thought much less obscure and we shall find that the idea of eternity itself is derived from the same common original with the rest of our ideas three nature and origin of the idea of duration to understand time and eternity aright we ought with attention to consider what idea it is we have of duration and how we came by it it is evident to any one who will but observe what passes in his own mind that there is a train of ideas which constantly succeed one another in his understanding as long as he is awake reflection on these appearances of several ideas one after another in our minds is that which furnishes us with the idea of succession and the distance between any parts of that succession or between the appearance of any two ideas in our minds is that we call duration for whilst we are thinking or whilst we receive successively several ideas in our minds we know that we do exist and so we call the existence or the continuation of the existence of ourselves or anything else commensurate to the succession of any ideas in our minds, the duration of ourselves, or any such other thing coexistent with our thinking. 4. Proof that its idea is got from reflection on the train of our ideas. That we have our notion of succession and duration from this original vis-à-vis from reflection on the train of ideas, which we find to appear one after another in our own minds, seems plain to me, in that we have no perception of duration but by considering the train of ideas that take their turns in our understandings when that succession of ideas ceases our perception of duration ceases with it which everyone clearly experiments in himself whilst he sleeps soundly whether an hour a day or a month or a year of which duration of things while he sleeps or thinks not he has no perception at all but it is quite lost to him and the moment wherein he leaves off to think till the moment he begins to think again seems to him to have no distance and so I doubt not it would be to a waking man if it were possible for him to keep only one idea in his mind, without variation and the succession of others, and we see that one who fixes his thoughts very intently on one thing, so as to take but little notice of the succession of ideas that pass in his mind whilst he is taken up with that earnest contemplation, lets slip out of his account a good part of that duration, and thinks that time shorter than it is but if sleep commonly unites the distant parts of duration it is because during that time we have no succession of ideas in our minds for if a man during his sleep dreams and variety of ideas make themselves perceptible in his mind one after another he hath then during such dreaming a sense of duration and of the length of it by which it is to me very clear that men derive their ideas of duration from their reflections on the train of the ideas they observe to succeed one another in their own understandings without which observation they can have no notion of duration, whatever may happen in the world. 5. The idea of duration applicable to things whilst we sleep. Indeed, a man having, from reflecting on the succession and number of his own thoughts, got the notion or idea of duration, he can apply that notion to things which exist while he does not think, as he that has got the idea of extension from bodies by his sight or touch can apply it to distances where no body is seen or felt and therefore though a man has no perception of the length of duration which passed whilst he slept or thought not yet having observed the revolution of days and nights and found the length of their duration to be in appearance regular and constant he can upon the supposition that that revolution has proceeded after the same manner whilst he was asleep or thought not as it used to do at other times he can i say imagine and make allowance for the length of duration whilst he slept but if adam and eve when they were alone in the world instead of their ordinary night's sleep had passed the whole twenty-four hours in one continued sleep the duration of that twenty-four hours had been irrevocably lost to them and been forever left out of their account of time six the idea of succession not from motion thus by reflecting on the appearing of various ideas one after another in our understandings we get the notion of succession which if any one should think we did rather get from our observation of motion by our senses he will perhaps be of my mind when he considers that even motion produces in his mind an idea of succession no otherwise than as it produces there a continued train of distinguishable ideas for a man looking upon a body really moving perceives yet no motion at all unless that motion produces a constant train of successive ideas v g a man become at sea out of sight of land in a fair day may look on the sun or sea or ship a whole hour together and perceive no motion at all in either though it be certain that two and perhaps all of them have moved during that time a great way but as soon as he perceives either of them to have changed distance with some other body as soon as this motion produces any new idea in him then he perceives that there has been motion but wherever a man is with all things at rest about him without perceiving any motion at all if during this hour of quiet he has been thinking he will perceive the various ideas of his own thoughts in his own mind appearing one after another and thereby observe and find succession where he could observe no motion seven very slow motions unperceived and this, I think, is the reason why motions very slow, though they are constant, are not perceived by us, because in their move from one sensible part towards another, their change of distance is so slow that it causes no new ideas in us, but a good while one after another. And so, not causing a constant train of new ideas to follow one another immediately in our minds, we have no perception of motion, which, consisting in a constant succession, we cannot perceive that succession without a constant succession of varying ideas arising from it. 8 very swift motions unperceived on the contrary things that move so swift as not to affect the senses distinctly with several distinguishable distances of their motion and so cause not any train of ideas in the mind are not also perceived for anything that moves round about in a circle in less times than our ideas are wont to succeed one another in our minds is not perceived to move but seems to be a perfect entire circle of the matter or color and not a part of a circle in motion nine the train of ideas has a certain degree of quickness hence i leave it to others to judge whether it be not probable that our ideas do whilst we are awake succeed one another in our minds at certain distances not much unlike the images in the inside of a lantern turned round by the heat of a candle this appearance of theirs in train though perhaps it may be sometimes faster and sometimes slower yet i guess varies not very much in a waking man there seem to be certain bounds to the quickness and slowness of the succession of those ideas one to another in our minds beyond which they can neither delay nor hasten ten real succession in swift motions without sense of succession the reason i have this odd conjecture is that from observing that in the impressions made upon any of our senses we can but to a certain degree perceive any succession which if exceeding quick this sense of succession is lost even in cases where it is evident that there is a real succession let a cannon-bullet pass through a room and in its way take with it any limb or fleshy parts of a man it is as clear as any demonstration can be that it must strike successfully the two sides of the room it is also evident that it must touch one part of the flesh first and another after and so in succession and yet i believe nobody who ever felt the pain of such a shot or heard the blow against the two distant walls could perceive any succession either in the pain or sound of so swift a stroke such a part of duration as this wherein we perceive no succession is that which we call an instant and is that which takes up the time of only one idea in our minds without the succession of another wherein therefore we perceive no succession at all eleven in slow motions this also happens where the motion is so slow as not to supply a constant train of fresh ideas to the senses as fast as the mind is capable of receiving new ones into it and so other ideas of our own thoughts having room to come into our minds between those offered to our senses by the moving body there the sense of motion is lost and the body though it really moves yet not changing perceivable distance with some other bodies as fast as the ideas of our own minds do naturally follow one another in train the thing seems to stand still, as is evident in the hands of clocks and shadows of sundials, and other constant but slow motions, where, after certain intervals, we perceive by the change of distance that it hath moved, yet the motion itself we perceive not. 12. This train, the measure of other successions. So that to me it seems that the constant and regular succession of ideas in a waking man is, as it were, the measure and standard of all other successions, whereof if any one either exceeds the pace of our ideas as where two sounds or pains etc take up in their succession the duration of but one idea or else where any motion or succession is so slow as that it keeps not pace with the ideas in our minds or the quickness in which they take their turns as when any one or more ideas in their ordinary course come into our mind between those which are offered to the sight by the different perceptible distances of a body in motion or between sounds or smells following one another there also the sense of a constant continued succession is lost and we perceive it not but with certain gaps of rest between thirteen the mind cannot fix long on one invariable idea if it be so that the ideas of our minds whilst we have any there do constantly change and shift in a continual succession it would be impossible may any one say for a man to think long of any one thing by which if it be meant that a man may have one self-same single idea a long time alone in his mind, without any variation at all, I think, in matter of fact, it is not possible. For which, not knowing how the ideas of our minds are framed, of what materials they are made, whence they have their light, and how they come to make their appearances, I can give no other reason but experience, and I would have any one try whether he can keep one unvaried single idea in his mind without any other for any considerable time together. 14. Proof for trial let him take any figure any degree of light or whiteness or what other he pleases and he will i suppose find it difficult to keep all other ideas out of his mind but that some either of another kind or various considerations of that idea each of which considerations is a new idea will constantly succeed one another in his thoughts let him be as wary as he can fifteen the extent of our power over the succession of our ideas all that is in a man's power in this case i think is only to mind and observe what the ideas are that take their turns in his understanding or else to direct the sort and call in such as he hath a desire or use of but hinder the constant succession of fresh ones i think he cannot though he may commonly choose whether he will heedfully observe and consider them sixteen ideas however made include no sense of motion whether these several ideas in a man's mind be made by certain motions i will not here dispute but this i am sure that they include no idea of motion in their appearance and if a man had not the idea of motion otherwise i think he would have none at all which is enough to my present purpose and sufficiently shows that the notice we take of ideas in our own minds appearing there one after another is that which gives us the idea of succession and duration without which we should have no such ideas at all it is not then motion but the constant train of ideas in our minds whilst we are waking that furnishes us with the idea of duration whereof motion no otherwise gives us any perception than as it causes in our minds a constant succession of ideas as i have before showed, and we have as clear an idea of succession and duration by the train of other ideas succeeding one another in our minds without the idea of any motion as by the train of ideas caused by the uninterrupted sensible change of distance between two bodies which we have from motion and therefore we should as well have the idea of duration were there no sense of motion at all 17. Time is duration set out by measures. Having thus got the idea of duration, the next thing natural for the mind to do is to get some measure of this common duration, whereby it might judge of its different lengths and consider the distinct order wherein several things exist, without which a great part of our knowledge would be confused and a great part of history be rendered very useless. This consideration of duration, as set out by certain periods and marked by certain measures or epochs, is that i think which most properly we call time eighteen a good measure of time must divide its whole duration into equal periods in the measuring of extension there is nothing more required but the application of the standard or measure we make use of to the thing of whose extension we would be informed but in the measuring of duration this cannot be done because no two different parts of succession can be put together to measure one another and nothing but a measure of duration but duration as nothing is of extension but extension we cannot keep by us any standing unvarying measure of duration which consists in a constant fleeting succession as we can of certain lengths of extension as inches feet yards etc marked out in permanent parcels of matter nothing then could serve well for a convenient measure of time but what has divided the whole length of its duration into apparently equal portions by constantly repeated periods what portions of duration are not distinguished or considered as distinguished and measured by such periods come not so properly under the notion of time as appears by such phrases as these viz., before all time and when time shall be no more nineteen the revolutions of the sun and moon the properest measures of time for mankind the diurnal and annual revolutions of the sun as having been from the beginning of nature constant regular and universally observable by all mankind and supposed equal to one another have been with reason made use of for the measure of duration but the distinction of days and years having depended on the motion of the sun it has brought this mistake with it that it has been thought that motion and duration were the measure one of another for men in measuring the length of time have been accustomed to the ideas of minutes hours days months years etc which they found themselves upon any mention of time or duration presently to think on all which portions of time were measured out by the motion of those heavenly bodies they were apt to confound time and motion or at least to think that they had a necessary connection with one with another Whereas any constant periodical appearance or alteration of ideas in seemingly equidistant spaces of duration, if constant and universally observable, would have as well distinguished the intervals of time as those that have been made use of, for supposing the sun, which some have taken to be a fire, had been lighted up at the same distance of time that it now every day comes about to the same meridian, and then gone out Again about twelve hours after, and that in the space of an annual revolution it had sensibly increased in brightness and heat, and so decreased again, would not such regular appearances serve to measure out the distances of duration to all that could observe it, as well without as with motion? For if the appearances were constant, universally observable, in equidistant periods, they would serve mankind for measure of time as well were the motion away. End of section eighteen. Recording by Jeremy Robertson.